This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Friday the 11th of November 2022. Coming up today, we're going to dive into the news stories we haven't covered, which of course includes more news on Twitter. Lots of news on Twitter. Oh yeah, and more news on Twitter. Honestly. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, welcome to Friday's show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Stephen. Has anyone ever been called Elon before? It's just Elon. popped into my head. Elon. I'm trying to think, what, what was the kid called in E.T.? Elliot. Oh, yeah, okay, not Elon. Well, yeah, it wasn't far I'm off, not, was it? I'm not asking, has anyone been called a name starting with E? I'm actually saying <laughs> Elon. It's, that's a strange name, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Hello. Okay, so are you are you trying to get kicked off Twitter now? What's going on? Are you have you gave up on it? <laughs> I gave up on Twitter years ago. Anyone following me and well, seeing my true. timeline? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, listen, today on the show, we're going to do things a bit differently. We're going to talk about some of the news stories we didn't get to, which of course does include Twitter, because there's even more news. Yes, even more. Uh, dare I say it? Breaking news. Breaking news. Yes, breaking news on Twitter. Uh, With us to discuss this and other stories today, it is the Lord of Englandshire, Robin Christopherson. In Englandshire, they say you're an M B A. He's a member of the British Empire. That's impressive. He's a titled person we got on the show. Entitled. Speaking of which, Elon's from. Didn't say that. South Africa, isn't he? So, yeah, oh no, that was yes. a Dutch colony. Um, is, it a, is it a South African name? I don't know. It may be, yes. Maybe that's I've a, been terribly ignorant point. in saying that's a strange name. I'd take it back, yes. <laughs> Musk. Yeah, we'll, we'll get and emails. that's a strange name, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay, quickly move on. I'm, I'm sensing danger. <laughs> Do you know what I'm, I'm going to tell you? Like, he, he wound me up today, right? Before we start this show... Not Robin me. starts at me saying that I am and someone who doesn't, uh, you know, respect people. And then I'm, I'm wound up now. Oh. I did. I let him have it. Both barrels. I said, Dude, look, I was, Stephen. I was, you so know, I, I, I was annoyed because I was annoyed <laughs> because we weren't flippant. recording. <laughs> flippant on air. You've been dismissive. Dismissive of, of what? What have I been dismissive yeah, of? That's right. Oh, it started just, again. Yeah. See, I was sat here saying, please, mummy and daddy, don't fight. And yeah, <laughs> you've, you've done it again. Let's leave it where it is. Let's <laughs> do you know what's going to make me laugh? Sean was the one who used to bring the controversy to the show. Now yep. it's Robin Christofferson, the quietest, kindest person yep. I've met. Although, yep. not to me. So yes, carry on. Yeah, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I had words, but... Um, they were all starting with uh, the caveat, hopefully anyway, implied that or or maybe explicit. I think I might have said, like, in my opinion, or I think. Mm, mm. So, yeah, I was just putting my um, two penneth on the table there. Uh, not well, share with the group because the audience will want to no doubt pile in as well. So on you go. <laughs> I don't think um, he wants to. Uh, let's just take one example, which this week I thought, you know, mm, if I was in the on the show, I would say when we were talking about, you know, getting off Twitter, for example, we're going to talk about Twitter in a second, that actually Mm. one person does matter. And I think that one person matters, you know, there have been notable individuals in history that have made a huge difference. But even if we're just, you know, Mr. Um, Unknown or whatever, I think you can make a difference, you know, whether it's to join a a march or to vote with your feet when it comes to not supporting a particular product. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that that needs to be said. Well, just just to bring some clarity, what, what you're saying, what, what we were talking about was that when I was talking this week about people leaving Twitter and I was getting a little bit wound up, rightly so, I think. See, I said I think. Is that better? <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, I'm learning, I'm learning, Dad. Um, but yeah, basically I was saying, if you decide to leave Twitter, it will make no difference at all to anything because nothing will change. There are 300 odd million people on Twitter. You leaving, you taking your little Twitter account and going home and deleting all your data and being all proud about it is going to make zero difference to the future of this company, which by the way, looks doomed anyway. 
I think I think the I think the repo guys are going to be called in before long anyway. So you know, you leaving is not going to make any difference. It's not going to change anything. You okay. disagree with that? I mean, if you are the only person that does it, but if you are vocal about it, and maybe not on Twitter, um, and well, that's even say more pointless, right? That you're going to that you, you know, it's about being principled. I think about having having a kind of a principled stand on something. And oh. it may make a difference. It may not. But I think you know oh. the broader idea. No, I think, of, but you bring up um, a good point. A it's a good point you bring up. But I, I, I think that it, it again, it comes down to numbers, right? There are three hundred odd million people. I can't remember the exact number, three hundred nineteen or something million people who are on this planet. Someone's got to start it. That's the point. Yeah, someone's not, got to start. But look, that's not going to. It's not going to change anything. That's Come what on. you're asserting. Yes. And, um, and we one, no, but my, no, but listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> you're saying if one person leaves, it can yes. make a difference. I'm saying, yes. no, if 200 million people left, yes, things would change. But how do you get to 200 million if nobody walks? And actually, if you look at the numbers, oh. usage oh, is through you. the roof. He's got <laughs> More you. people are joining. More people have joined. <laughs> Apparently, numbers of people joining Facebook is down. Numbers of people joining other platforms, except I think TikTok is down. And Twitter, people are going, because you know what? People love to watch a car crash. They just love it. And that is what they're going on to. They're going to see what, I mean, it's the Donald Trump factor all over again. Now it's Elon Musk. And people love that stuff. So, you know, now, when we a- had, had this, sorry, Robin, you know, when we had this argument before we started recording, he said, you know what? Let's leave this and just get on with the news. <laughs> Uh, it seems like this argument has kicked up again. I'll say it once more. Please, mummy and daddy, stop fighting. No, no, look, and f- look, nobody's arguing here, right? The, the point well, it is... It sounds like you're arguing. Well, we're disagreeing, right? Well, we're not allowed to disagree anymore. <laughs> well, is, that, is that a thing? No, This is going to become a very boring show if I just sit and go, everything that he says is correct and everything I say is correct and we should now move on. This is going to become a very boring show very quickly and it's not one I'll be hosting. Uh, well, if you could, you're picked up on a controversial statement that you made, that's perfectly fine. I What's controversial it? about it? That's my point. Come on, argue the me on contrav- the facts. What's the controversy? It's, it's co- well, we the have thing been. is, we that, have one per- can one person, yes. look, seriously, can one person change the world when it comes to Twitter? The answer, by the way, is no. I'm helping you along here. Yes, okay, two, they can. Two quick things. One is, obviously, we're not addressing the, the actual question about whether people should leave Twitter. That's, you know, a conversation for another day. You know, we're not kind of going there at the moment. The other thing is, are we just talking about Twitter here? Because what we're trying to say is that there's a broader principle at stake here. And I'm just wanting to know where you stand on the broader picture. Because, okay, it's fine to look at a particular instance and say, I'm, you know, I'm actually not going to jump ship from Twitter because, you know, I'm going to wait and see. I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, he's not an amazingly nice guy it would seem um but oh that's a bit harsh, start, robin <laughs> people moving then maybe i'll you know maybe i'll follow a trend or something like that but is the broader issue i think is worth talking about but not fighting about <laughs> oh, no one's fighting yes. I, honestly i don't know what guys what show you guys <laughs> listen to i honestly i am endlessly <laughs> bemused by the comments i get and the people who say these things I like, look, if you disagree with me, that's fine. But come and argue with me on the point. Don't sit and tell me I'm just wrong because, you know, you just don't think I'm kind or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't you care see, I wouldn't that. look at it as an argument. I don't, I would never use the word argue. But you, you want to be, you want to. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, no, it's just a no, massive argument. But look, but look, here's the thing, right? When it comes to Twitter, I mean, yesterday we had the news of the Elon Musk meeting, his first meeting with Twitter employees that was pretty um, interesting. It lasted nearly an hour. Um, there's a full transcript, by the way, if you go to uh, Who's Got It, The Verge has got the full transcript, which is uh, worth reading, actually. I mean, I normally wouldn't ever suggest anyone goes and reads a transcript of a meeting in a company, but this one has been interesting. There's a few things that stand out. And the one that everyone's talking about today is the idea of Elon actually offering banking services via Twitter. I am amused by this. It's, it, it, I, he was involved with PayPal at one time, wasn't he? He was... Mm-hmm. Did he... Did That's how he started. PayPal? Was that what it started? Got right, his okay. money for Tesla, yeah. Right. Uh, well, he clearly wants to do, I guess, what he stopped doing at PayPal and wants to bring it here. Uh, regarding this, he says he wants to, he, think, he thinks there's a transformative opportunity in payments, and payments really are just the exchange of information. From an information standpoint, this is his word, uh, not a huge difference between, say, sending a direct message and sending a payment. 
They're basically the same thing. In principle, you can use a direct messaging stack for payments. And that, so that is definitely a direction we're going to go in, enabling people on Twitter to send money anywhere in the world instantly and in real time. We want to make it as useful as possible. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, how the interest rates would work and then how you could attach a debit card. And that means you could have backwards compatibility into other payment systems. You could even have checks and, and uh, things like that in there as well. Sorry, checks. Is it 1980? Well, you know, in America, it's <laughs> still pretty popular. They I mean, do. It's crazy. It's wild, actually, how behind in some ways they are. There's some places they don't <gasps> accept contact. Controversial. There. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, controversial. Yeah, that's right. That's my new thing. Um, <laughs> He's right, though. He is right with that that direct messaging stack that they've already got in place. There is no reason why they couldn't integrate, you know, the financial services into that. And, and Apple have done this, is, right? Isn't, I mean, that's kind of what Apple yeah, did with messages. It was yeah. not here. I mean, we don't I, have it in, I don't think in some parts of the world they have it yet, but... Um, I would love it. I would love to be able to use iMessage to just pay someone some, you know, uh, uh, yeah. some quick cash between friends and family. It would be so handy. At the minute, uh, specifically here in the UK, we don't have that many services. Well, we've got one, which is PM, which is that pay That's right, thing, yeah, which is not- incredibly handy. It is, but you've got to, you know, I think they've got to have an account. So, you know, if you send money off, you can't just send money off. I mean, I suppose you couldn't with iMessage either. You, especially no. if you send someone, someone money to an Android phone. Uh, they would never <laughs> see any money. <laughs> I got stuck in a taxi for 15 minutes last week because the... Yes, exactly right. <laughs> How many times do you fill those doors? And it's, it's just there. They're pointing. Still, oh, I know. Anyway. I know. But I was trying to pay him. The the in-car payment thing wouldn't work. It was being updated. So then it was, well, can you PayPal me? Uh, that didn't work. He did, didn't accept payment. So I went through that. And then it was trying to do the you know the P, PM or whatever it is, the, the, the banking transfer. That didn't work. Mm. I mean, uh, and then you run out of options. Uh, the more options, the better. It's a cashless society. We're there already. The bigger question was, of course, around Twitter and declaring bankruptcy. That was another issue that came up. Elon says we definitely need to bring in more cash than we spend. If we don't do that, and there's a massive negative cash flow, then bankruptcy is not out of the question. This is a priority. We can't scale to 1 billion users and take massive losses along the way. That's not feasible. I don't think we will. Um, And then he goes on to talk about other things, uh, Twitter's remote work policy, which he's basically against, but he says it will only be applicable in certain cases. He says it does happen at uh, SpaceX and other companies, but he says if you can show up in the office and you do not show up at the office, resignation is accepted. End of story. Um, and he said everyone's expected to do a 40 plus hour week, which actually in American terms is spray, probably quite modest. Decent, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, if you're, you're not working costs. 80 hours a week, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I know. Why is he going for a all um, in person, you know, in office policy if he's I trying have to no cut idea. costs? Yeah. Well, do you think that would add to costs? Surely you'd think Definitely. it'd be yeah. better for people working at home. Office I never space, understand this. Heating, energy, mm-hmm. everything. These are like forward thinking yeah. people, right? I mean, or at least you'd think they are. And you think that when it comes to, I mean, the pandemic told us how many jobs people could do at home. I mean, look, I'm not suggesting you can build a building at home, like, you know, build a brick in your living room and then take it to work. And then the next day, build another brick and take it in. You know, I'm, One uh, brick makes a difference, Stephen. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's right. It would make such a difference to that uh, skyscraper, yeah. Um, Eventually. <laughs> yes, a lot of them together, not just one. Honestly, I don't know what part of this people don't get. Anyway, um, but also, Twitter is um, Twitter's potential for a TikTok-like platform for short-form video. I'm out. <laughs> just I'm not a good care less about that. Communities or spaces <laughs> nope. in Twitter? No. I used Spaces when it first came out just to test it. Yeah. It was interesting, but it's something I've never gone back to. Because I'll tell you when I go into the Spaces. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's answer to. Mm. I always go into the spaces tab whenever I haven't, if I flick onto a retweet button and double tap it, if the message was long enough, then it always get, takes me into spaces. You have to scroll the, you know, physically scroll the page up and make sure that retweet button's visible. Are you talking and about then, the Twitter app itself though? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. lots of times if I try and hit Bugs, retweet yeah. or reply, if it's not actually on the screen or even if it's yeah. towards the bottom of the screen, It'll do something else. So yeah, yeah. That's, that happens a lot. So anyway, you, you, been in there. you'll be pleased to hear we're moving away from Twitter because um, there are some other stories. And actually, a all big of us, story. Or just one of us. Out. No, no, that's right. We're all of us. We're all moving <laughs> because one person doesn't make a difference. Uh, anyway, 
Amazon, and, and I'm talking uh, honestly, guys. I'm going to say this one more time, and I know nobody listens to what I'm saying, so it, it, I may as well just scream into the void. But I'm talking about Twitter here. So those people are emailing me saying that I'm against Rosa Parks and Mahatma Gandhi and whoever else you can think of in history who clearly has had an impact on the world. Yes, I get it. I'm not talking about that. That's what's called in this world whataboutism. And that's just nonsense. That's not an argument. It's a broader principle. I'm not anyway, let's move on. The topic. the topic I'm saying is can one person make a difference by leaving Twitter? <laughs> The answer, by the way, just to save your time and to save your keyboards, is no. Right, moving on. Uh, Amazon is subjecting <laughs> ALEXA to a performance review. Um, yes, Amazon's assistant, Alexa, is under the microscope as part of a major cost-cutting review headed up by its CEO. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. This came out late yesterday. Uh, now, of course, we all know how big a part of uh, this assistant, uh, you know, this assistant has become in our lives, but Apparently, the, the company's entire devices unit has had an operating loss exceeding $5 billion in some recent years. So that's the key, isn't it? It's the whole devices unit. And think how many devices yeah. they've got. And, you know, no, the ALEG is what, the, by far the most successful one, surely. Or yeah, What other devices does that encompass? Tablets, fire tablets, fire TVs, cubes, um, smart plugs. Right. Okay. Sort of I, see, I see. I still see that as part of the um, <clears throat> a lady, uh, lady yeah. a ecosystem. So mm -hmm. now, look, just just to be clear, in an email to the Verge, Amazon spokesperson Brad Brad Glasser, great name, uh, came oh. out with this. <laughs> he says, even in the last year, Alexa interactions have increased by more than thirty percent. We're as optimistic about her future today, I'm saying that because uh, Lady A, um, as we've ever been, and it remains an important business and area of investment for Amazon. However, that's not really answering the question, which is what's the long-term plan. Um, they are apparently, um, obviously, looking to tighten their belt. Um, and this, I think, leads into a broader question about, speaking of broader questions, about um, the, the industry in general. It seems that the entire tech industry is facing major issues. You know, obviously we know what's going on at Twitter and we've kind of been overshadowed, or we've been overshadowed, Elon Musk has overshadowed the whole conversation because yeah. of his own actions. But the reality is there are clearly issues at Twitter that need to be dealt with. There's a huge operating loss. The same at Facebook. We saw that with this week. Oh, they 11,000 are... people being laid off. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge number of people. 13% of the company being laid off. That's um, such yeah. a massive company compared to Twitter. Yeah, really. I, small, I, think Apple also, I mean, Apple also tightening the belt. They're they're not no longer hiring. I mean, what's what's going on? And now Amazon saying that you know maybe Lady A is possibly, you know, I, I, no one's saying it's on the way out. But it's a dot com bubble burst again. Something's, something's <laughs> well, going I, on. Think, I honestly don't think it is. Sorry, Robin. Carry I on. I think sorry, no. I think it's about um, how the stock market is very unforgiving if your numbers don't exceed quarter on quarter, every single quarter, they will really hit your stock market price. And, you know, you're, you're, you could knock billions off your, the value of your company at a stroke. So what they have to do is um, be constantly looking for cutting back the, any kind of excess or cutting off, you know, um, non uh, unprofitable lines and that sort of thing. And even Apple, who are the you know, biggest, richest company, their quarters are eye-watering like 25 billion each quarter. If they don't perform better and better every every quarter, then they will get whacked. So, you know, it's not like any of these bigger companies are in any way in danger of going under. But this it's is the problem they with have the kind of business model, isn't it? ravenous demand, yeah, of the stock exchange. So, and is it their, private, their, isn't it? So private versus public. So I think if a company goes public, I think I'm right in saying this, that Shareholders, goes, yeah, yeah. So, People, so the problem is every single investors. Exactly, every single quarter you have to be continually growing. So that means endless growth, which it's not possible all the time. Now, I will say this: in terms of Amazon and Lady A in particular, um, there hasn't been a lot of push towards services that have been paid for services down that device. I mean, we've seen this with other companies doing it, where do they offer services? I mean, Apple certainly have moved into that world. That's one of Tim Cook's biggest legacies, I think, not so much in terms of hardware innovation, but service innovation. That hasn't really been the case when it comes to Amazon, right? They, they haven't been. I, I know I, we've got Amazon Prime, but 
you know, what what else can you buy? Where is the growth coming from from Amazon? I'm looking at. Yeah, the trouble mm. with Amazon is they've got absolutely eye-wateringly massive revenues with the whole, you know, um, Amazon.co.uk or .com shopping uh, shipping yeah. stuff. Yeah. But their margins are razor thin, so they don't actually make any money. So, you know, I think it isn't a cash-rich company. So if they can find some way, obviously there's um, Music Unlimited, there's Prime, obviously, which kind of underpins everything. Well, but mm. I would pay for some premium services. I don't know what. I mean, I would... I, and Amazon actually, Music, just like, what, last week? 100 million songs yeah, available yeah. for free. Well, obviously, free. you can't... For Prime um, users. You can't be... Yeah, exactly. If you're on Prime, you get 100 million songs free, but you, you can't, I think, just choose whatever you want. You have to kind of go to some degree with what they're um, giving you um, and uh, being shuffled that way. But I don't know. It's just really weird. You know, what is going on here? Is it that just they, they need... To, <laughs> it's almost as if we're saying to these companies... You've got to charge me some money for this at some point because, you know, I've bought well, my Echo Dot at $19, you know. Yeah. Is that the point? Are they making, you know, are they using, like like the consoles, gaming consoles used to do, they used to sell them sometimes at a loss when it comes to the hardware because they knew they would make the money back yeah. on game sales and things like that. So when it comes to Amazon and specifically the smart speakers, are they selling that hardware at a loss? But if they're doing that, how are they making their finances back? I don't know what the revenue streams are for smart speakers. I mean, there's no advertising in it as such, right? So no, there how, is how are the they shows. making money? Well, yeah, that's I think they the thought it would be a really good shop window for buying products, but I don't know how successful. For reordering, it's brilliant. You know, you can just say, you know, a lady reorder, yeah. coffee filters or whatever. Yeah, but they have but, said um, themselves recently that, that it's not used massively in that way. It's something that they want people yeah. to do. But it's not great at that. To, no, to, 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 unless you've ordered something before, trying to find something. Exactly. There's so so many things on there. And the yeah, so you're saying, Robin, you know, if I, if I want to buy my sugar cubes again, I do love a sugar cube. Um, if I do want you? to buy that, I do. I love a sugar cube. The 1970s. Cube. Welcome back. Well, look, look I, I, I don't have to worry about pouring out sugar. Don't be ableist, priest. Do you have sugar cube tongs? Uh, do you know what? I'm going to get some of those as well. <gasps> oh, well done. Let's, let's go on Amazon. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> is golden granulated or is it white? Oh, white. I know I do want okay. to get the golden ones for the coffee, but I can't tell the difference. <laughs> anyway, that's the really posh ones are all knobbly, just saying. Um, that's true, yes. I know. I was at home. Hang on, I'm going to tell you this, right? My wife and I go to this cafe the other day and we're sitting there and we, we, we go in and she, the, the, the lovely woman comes over and she starts, I says, would you mind going through the menu? And she starts reading it and I'm thinking, maybe my hearing's getting worse. I can't understand a word this person is saying to me. Yeah, and then I'm posh. I'm realising that it's the it's what's on the menu. I have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. The only word I understood was pasta, but all the other words around it, I had no idea. And in the end, she I mean, said, all I heard was something like hot sponge or hot cake. That'll do. Whatever that is, I'll just have that. And it was the weirdest cake I have ever eaten in my life because the ice cream had nuts in it. Not coconut. Okay. Oh, yeah. Actual no, nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, real nuts. Robin's like, nuts. of course we have that. This one's blood <laughs> yes. every night. But, you know, for, for us commoners, that's just not I mean, something make- I do. Beans on toast sound really posh, couldn't you? You know, nestling on a bed of wholemeal, whatever. Maybe um, that's the problem. She was trying to sell me beans on toast, and I just thought she was, I don't know what she was trying to sell me. It was so bizarre. But going, going back to the um, Echo ecosystem, mm. I mean, I love, and I'm sure there's a lot of love out there for the A-Lady, and I would, I would literally pay a monthly subscription just to, for them to carry on working. I know they're not going to do that, but I think there's a lot of scope there for, you know, leveraging the love out there for the devices, you know, getting some sort of tiered yeah. system. I, do. I don't, no, I'm I, I don't disagree with that. I'm glad you said I disagree with that speaker. and not you're wrong. Thank you. No, I, I, well, I don't <laughs> oh. disagree with you. Um, I, I think <laughs> I do. that what I would say is that people will, would say, though, in a company the size of Amazon, I'm not paying them any more money. They can go to hell. I think that's more likely the response. But I, I think you're right. I mean, it's like the conversation we've had on this show before around subscriptions for applications. Remember we had uh, Winston Chen on from uh, Voice Dream mm. suite of apps and he was talking about the, the, the real challenge that he has in trying to keep his business going and make it something that's, that's you know, long term. I had this conversation with the, the, the people at ARX Vision, Charles Leclerc, and I said, look, can you honestly say you spend the money today and in three years time, this thing is still going to be able to be 
you know, innovating. Supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being innovated as well, right? Because they've obviously got to keep putting money in. And if you've paid your money and that's it in the first year, what happens next? And I think the same thing's happened with the, the Lady A. I think what they've wanted to do is get mass market, get out there to as many people as possible. Absolutely the right thing to do. I mean, they are the leader in this. But now they need to find a way of monetizing it and keeping it going. And operating losses, okay, granted, across the entire company's um, devices division is operating losses of $5 billion, but that is not something mm. you can sneeze at. And that could have a real-world impact on a lot of the products we like. Um, however, just on the other side of this coin, Amazon have announced acquisition intentions for iRobot at $1.7 billion. And the healthcare provider won medical $3.9 billion this year. Now, that's interesting because this is something which Amazon have been very keen to get into. I have to say, I think this would be brilliant if Amazon get into the world of pharmacies. I know that a lot of local pharmacies would end up going under as a result of it, so that's not great. But you know what? I'm a consumer. I want things easy. And, you know, the Amazon logistics that they have built up would allow for... You know, medicine to be available same day if needed, next day if needed. You know, that, that potential is huge. And then, of course, there's the whole discussion about drone deliveries, which is another thing that's coming down the line. I think they would have to be really careful about how they deliver that, though, because um, delivery guys have got really complacent recently. They kind of leave it in the vague, you know, location of your front garden or... <laughs> Near you know, just like, yeah. do it with me, you just tossed it over you the know, fence. This is life-saving medication <laughs> we're talking about here. Slime in the rain. Yeah. Dogs eating it. Well, yeah. it is different. I mean, I've, I've had Amazon deliveries where I needed the passcode and things like that, and they wouldn't pa- hand it over until I got the passcode oh, yeah, or the pin. Yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that these, there are things in place which could make this work. Just throw your I, phone I, at the delivery agency. You figure it out. I, I've done that it. before. Have a look through my emails. It's in there <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there's, a, there's some security card, issues there. Give them your pin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, I, the can I just say, uh, Amazon <laughs> is trying to move into everything, right? And some people hate Amazon anyway. It's it's the whole you know big tech moving into every and yeah whatever whatever you feel on that. But I did notice uh, in the Lady A app. I'm going back to small scale. The Lady A app update recently in the settings there is now an accessibility feature. Now I've never seen that before. Have you, Robin? No, no. But it kind of brings them into one place, doesn't it? Some of the mean? features that did apply, like in Echo Yeah, but there's shows, nothing in there. You have change, you seen you know, <laughs> nothing have you in looked it? in it? Oh. There's one option in the, there. Okay. <laughs> and it all it says... In yet. Okay. <laughs> no, there's one option and it says use Echo Voice to read Kindle books. And that's it. I don't know what oh. happens if you turn it off. What um, voice does it use? But um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting yeah. that there is now an accessibility feature. I expect things to be added in there. That's quite cool. Look, stick around. More to come. Loads more stories to talk about, including a game that has real-world dire consequences. I think this is probably my favourite story of the week, uh, possibly even the year. We'll get to that next here on Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yeah, Stephen and Sean and Robin Christofferson joining us today. Uh, We're discussing the news of the week. Some of the stories we didn't get to, and trust me, there are so many, like the Rewind app that wants to record every moment of your life. Uh, So we all use Spotlight, right, Uh, on Macs to find our way to documents and, you know, whatever it might be, files or even applications. Um, Surrey also has a similar facility as well. Largely limited to text, though. Startup claims, though, this can go much further um, by recording everything that happens on a Mac and allowing users to search it. So these two guys who've created this app aim to create a search engine for your life. Like uh, well, Ru- RuPaul there when I say that. Um, that was yes, very good. That wasn't for your life. Yeah, I don't think Rob has to worry our voiceover man. that desktop. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, your life on this specific audio. desktop. Yeah, maybe not your laptop, but certainly your desktop. Yeah, so, hang um, on, hang on. Sorry, sorry. Does this record like in a video file? Is this a video recording of everything you do on your computer? No, basically? it's kind of recording. It's, it's kind of doing everything. So it's basically just, I guess, the way that your system keeps as much information as it does already, right? And, and probably in a lot of different ways. So, for example, I would imagine keystrokes. I would imagine it's capturing texture entering in. I would imagine it's, and it is certainly capturing things like um, 
calls as well, because it says the recording facility does more than just images. It will take note of things said in a meeting, such as Zoom or FaceTime. So it and must it will be create recording, a transcript eh? of what was said or displayed that can then be searched. Mm. Uh, now, a lot of these applications do this already, in fairness. Um, I will say, though, if you're bothered about uh, recording, maybe taking up some space on your computer, they apparently have uh, figured this one out. They use special compression, which will crush the recording data from 10.5 gig, say, for example, down to 2.8 megabytes of space. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Rewind takes advantage of Apple Yeah, exactly Good luck trying to understand a word of it Um, But yeah, Rewind takes advantage of Apple Silicon With apparently using every part of it Um, It also supposedly doesn't tax system resources But it says uh, that the app is to be highly private As it can store the data of the recordings on the Mac Rather than on cloud servers Its creators also claim it will not be selling user data Thank goodness Or doing advertising with it for the moment, the app is free with a subscription planned. It's also currently available in a limited beta with no indication of when it will formally be released. What a wild story. Um, Google Lens has also, uh, they have also um, added something new um, to Google. So basically when you go on, I think it's to google.com or basically on the desktop now, um, because Google Lens is currently on the uh, phones, but you can now get it on the web. Um, so basically, Google Images on the desktop has switched to Lens, uh, which have now appears when you uh, search for anything. So now when you go in, you, the Google Lens button appears in the search bar of the Google.com homepage. And it's similar to how Lens appears at the bottom of the Pixel Launcher and Chrome's new tab page on mobile. It shows up next to the voice search button. Tapping prompts you to search any image with Google Lens. You can also drag an image or upload a file that will open a search page and then you can have access to visual match, text and translate tools. Also looking ahead, Lens is getting scene exploration so that your phone is able to identify and find things in the scene that you're currently looking at. That's quite cool. A bit of a, not major story, but it's an interesting one and it's one of those ones that we don't often get a chance to talk about. Uh, Also, iPhone SE 4. (laughs) Um, No new iPhone SE is expected until 2024, but there are a lot of rumours. And of course, let's be honest, the rumours are at the minute that it's going to follow the, was it the iPhone XR? Um, Yes. That design, which... um, Please shoot the home button. I am utterly sick of people saying I need the home button. Yeah, it would be gone. And this this is the only device left. And it's funny, I mean, I was, I was using my SE the other day and I just, you know, I, Honestly, after picking up and using it, I'm like, this is a great little phone. Here. No, a no, little no, phone. no, I don't know no, I could no, go no. back to this. Yes, yes, yes. No, I love no. it. Such a I good phone. Up, I pick up my partner's SE when she wants me to do something on it. And every time I'm pressing that side button to bring up, yeah, whatever, uh, the accessibility shortcuts, turn on voiceover or bring up Siri. And it just locks the screen because I always forget you got to use the home button. It's, it, man, <laughs> the home button's gone. Forget about it. That's shocking. Thank you. All right, I'm just saying you don't need it. You don't stop clinging on to the home button. <sighs> okay. Anyway, um, another thing to be aware of is <laughs> if you have a Google Pixel phone. Apparently, there's um, a concerning uh, new bug in there, and the headline I love in this article from whatever the hell is this from? Nasty vulnerability shows Galaxy phones can be safer than Google Pixels. Which is no. just basically is that from Samsung.com? Yeah, I was going to say it sounds a little bit like that, doesn't it? I mean, come on. Uh, that would, I mean, if there's a problem with Google Pixel, that means any other phone is fine, right? Anyway, it says Samsung security patches usually come with dozens of fixes to vulnerabilities concerning Google's Android OS and Samsung's own software, whether it's one UI or other components that are unique to Galaxy. However, the November 2022 security patch has addressed an Android OS security flaw that has plagued Google's Pixel phones. For a good few months, but although this fix was mentioned in Samsung's November bulletin, Galaxy device users need not worry about it. The vulnerability, which is labelled, and I'm not reading that, allowed anyone with an extra SIM card to bypass the lock screen of a Pixel 5 or Pixel 6 at least and unlock these phones. Indeed, it was a full-fledged lock screen bypass that didn't require any external tools aside from a regular SIM or advanced hacking skills. There was a video uh, online of a Pixel owner who found the issue. Uh, anyone with an extra SIM could unlock an, a Pixel phone just by hot-swapping the card, entering the wrong pin three times, 
inserting the mm. correct P-U-K and then setting up a new pin. Um, but they're saying it was never Obvious. an issue for, uh, yeah, exactly, for Galaxy <laughs> phones. Wow. Pretty sure that was a combo move in Street Fighter. I mean, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, fair enough. I thought the whole point of Android now with its, um, its separated uh, core and kernel components was that it could update you know, security, security patches easily to anything without having to wait for a manufacturer update, so, such as Samsung. I thought that was the whole point. Google could roll it out itself. So is this saying that the Google Pixel phone itself doesn't have this fix in it yet, but the Samsung does? Yes. I, I, also, I think it's also suggesting that it was never really a major issue on Samsung devices anyway. They must have managed to find a way around it without even either realising it or they fixed it when they saw it. Well, I just, um, I'm really surprised that a, a, an emergency patch security update hasn't been pushed out to Google phones. Well, you know how, really you know how these things it. move by the time this is probably out? It'll have been rolled out. So if <laughs> you see an update, so, yeah. you see an update for your phone, which, by the way, on an Android phone... Uh, an update comes, I believe, every 30 seconds. I think that's true. Every 30 <laughs> seconds, an update is rolled out for an Android device because every time I turn on an Android phone, it says, update, you know, oh, again, again. It's just, it seems to be very vocal about update. Every oh. app update, it just always screams it out to me. Application updates? It <laughs> is that because you don't turn it on very often? I, I turn it on every <laughs> day. <laughs> I turn my phone on every day, oh, and okay. I guarantee you at least once a day, something wants an update. <laughs> And I just like, just yeah. get on with well, it, That's a you? good thing. That's a good thing. No, well it's done. not. It's just a waste it of is. my time. Keep it Don't up. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, we're getting our first look at Matter devices and what's coming next. Now, Robin, I've talked a lot today, so uh, you've been reading up on this story. Tell us what you know about Matter and why it uh, matters. See what I did there? Uh, oh, very yeah. good. Oh, why does Matter you. matter? Oh, hell. Um, so basically, we all know about smart home devices, connected devices, IoT, the Internet of Things, and they all in um, historically have had different protocols, different ways of talking to each other. So that's why, you know, for this particular set of lights, you need to buy this hub for that particular, you know, smart plug. It can only talk to that smart speaker, that sort of thing. And there have been different um, protocols, ZigBee, Z-Wave, Thread, things like that. Matter is a cross-industry initiative to bring them all together. And now it's coming into fruition. So Matter is is software, which will drive the different devices, make them all talk to each other. More importantly, make the apps like Home, the Home app, for example, on your iPhone, show up all the devices that otherwise you'd need to go into special apps for. And even, you know, though new devices will hopefully all have these go forward, I'm sure there'll still be devices on Amazon that you'll be able to get that, that aren't Matter compatible, but definitely look out for that. Uh, older devices, except very old ones, for whatever reason, um, will get a firmware update and will become Matter compatible. So, you know, watch that space for your own smart home devices. And hopefully we will have a um, much more communicative, cooperative smart home going forward. Are you excited, John? I am. i tell you why, because a couple of things that you mentioned there. Firstly, the days of having an app for every different make of smart plug or light uh, that I've got in the house, those would be over. Matter should be able to be mm -hmm. controlled. Every smart device from, as you said, just the home app on your iPhone or whatever. So one app to control everything. That would be fantastic. And secondly, there's also the advantage of this could also run locally. So only in your home. No more do you have to, um, for example, let's say the Philips Hue, uh, like, let's say Philips stopped doing it, stopped supporting it and shut down their cloud server. No longer, uh, that's a bad example because they don't use cloud, but lots of other smart devices do. The, the point is that it doesn't have to go outside the home to connect to another server to process your command and send it back. With Matter, it can do it all from your own house. There's no, even without an internet connection outside, you can still control things. And that is a huge thing as well. So yeah, I'm excited by Matter. It's still confusing. It's still a bit of a transitional time. You know, should I buy anything now? Should I not? But um, yeah, it's, it's, looking, it's looking a lot better than it has done for a long time. That last point's really important because some people were locked out of their homes because their smart locks uh, you know, their Wi-Fi would, had gone down temporarily and they, you know, they were locked out of their homes, for example. So, exactly. Yeah, that's really important. 
Yeah, interesting. Well, you know, I, I've just spent an absolute fortune on Philips Hue bulbs. So, you know, as long as I don't have to buy them again, I'm absolutely fine with this. If I do have to buy them again, <laughs> if you think I've been annoyed today, uh, wait till that news breaks. I will be Phillips. absolutely fuming and I'll be saying exactly what I think about Philips Stop in the future. Don't be controversial. <laughs> Philips no, has I, I mean, I've spent a fortune on these Stop things. It. and that's no, the, But no, but hang on, that's the, the point, right? People are spending yes. money on these things, actual real money. <laughs> Don't get angry, because I'm going back to tell you that Philips have announced that they were a firmware update for their Philips Hue bulbs, which will support Matic. I wanted to get angry. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Philips are great. Next item, maybe. Move on. Oh, yeah. Wait to hear this. Uh, well, uh, before we get to that one, I want to bring up this story because you were uh, reading a story which I thought was quite interesting, Robin, about solar panels. Now, look, we've all, we all know about solar panels. People talk about it, even though Donald Trump thinks they're silly. A lot of people do like them and um, do find them useful. But these ones kind of take it to the next level, right? Because these are not uh, on Earth. These are out there in space. What is that about? Yeah, out of this world. Um so, yeah, I think Sean's been looking into this one as well. But basically, we know about solar panels. You can put them on roofs. There's limited space in built-up areas. You can put them over fields in other places. Um, maybe they're talking about putting them in the desert where, you know, you're not going to be covering up, you know, shading, potentially um, fertile ground, which you could grow things on. So, But it is a challenge. So they're talking about putting them in space. There's this um, collaboration between industry and academia experts across all areas that are bringing this um, technology and they think it's going to happen. They think they can do it. There are, there's government money out there for these kind of initiatives. This um, is called the Space Energy Initiative, um, this collaborative group, and they're hoping to get these satellites up into space, start putting them up there by 2035. So what will it look like? Well, they're reckoning that if you put enough satellites up there, big satellites that they'll unfurl into solar panels, solar arrays, um, if you can get enough to do a small strip circling the, the Earth, so um, maybe across the equator, somewhere where there'll be permanent sunshine. Uh, I feel sorry for the people in the shade underneath, but anyway, um, <laughs> that will be beaming down microwave radiation to um, receivers on the ground. And they're reckoning each of these satellites will be able to produce two gigawatts. Now, that is the equivalent of the output from a, a single nuclear power station, each satellite. So yep. get enough of these up to circle that, that um, you know, the, the circumference the of the planet. Earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, not, that's not a little task, by, by the 2050, way. 2050, yeah, let's not talk about the um, carbon that's going to be put out into the atmosphere in getting all of these up there. But anyway, um, yes. by 2050, enough to power the whole Earth's needs, energy needs. So, um, yeah, is it pie in the sky or is oh, it um, a really down-to-earth proposition? But, yeah, oh, I, I just made those up on the spot. Yeah, anyway. Well um, <laughs> lest you thought I would plan that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so I think that's mega. What do you reckon, Sean? I, I love it. I really love it. No, I think this is, uh, I'm, I'm all for renewal. Everything that's happened recently, we all know that renewal is the future anyway. So this is, um, I love this story because it's a bit sci-fi and it's also a bit positive. And uh, as you said, the whole planet's global power needs could be could be catered for with this. And I was a bit worried about, okay, so now there's this high energy, almost laser-like beam being beamed down <laughs> from space your brain. into Earth. <laughs> But they, they reckon that it's, it's actually it's going to be less intense than what is currently going on in the hotter spots of the desert now anyway. So it's not a case of, you know, any bird flying through it would be instantly roasted. Um, they reckon it's, it's, it's low intensity and would be still um, perfectly safe. So I, I can't find anything negative about this story. I just hope it happens. We hear so many stories of, of this and being researched, but... Actually, there does seem to be a lot of backing to this. So, uh, yeah, it's a really cool, really cool story. Yeah. And for people that know, the ISS, the space station, gets really, really hot on the side to the sun, towards the sun. And that's because there's no atmosphere. So, you know, the, the solar radiation up there is really, really strong, which is why you can get those, you know, kind of results. You see, what you have from... to do there is you have to unplug it at night and let it cool down. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That extension leads going down to Earth from the space station. Too, yeah, 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 switch yeah. It off. And, and I hope they're not extending, you know, power leads into power leads because that's dangerous. No, get a smart plug on it. 
<laughs> yeah. It's that old joke about, you know, I just got my, I just got my, what was it, the, the wind turbine, just got it installed. Um, but, you know, it's not windy today, so I'm just going to plug it in. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that sounds great. It just you know that way that, that some stories just sound so ridiculous that you just have no view on them whatsoever. I mean, it sounds great. I'm sure people who've got bigger brains than I have, and that would not take much, would be able to figure this out. It sounds brilliant. But you know what? Tell me when it's yeah. done. You know what? Just just tell me when it's done. Yeah. It's up and running, and then I'll care. Yeah, I, I, okay. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, now, my favourite story. This will not surprise you that this is my favourite story of the week. Uh, the VR headset... Designed to kill you if you die in a game. This is a uh-huh. real thing. Let that sink in. Yeah, just have a think about this for a second. So the founder of virtual reality firm, firm Oculus claims that he has designed a new headset that can kill you in real life if you die in a game. Talk about raising Sorry. the stakes. Is it April the 1st? Yeah. What, what, what is going on? And what game is it? Are we talking Pong? Or are we talking well, what, what? Let me read this. So, Palmer Lucky, um, not a funny name if you're, uh, he may become unlucky depending on how this goes. Um, but he said the device was inspired by Sword Art Online, the Japanese novel series turned anime, in which players are trapped in online uh, role playing games where death in the game means death in the real world because of the killer Nerve Gear headset they wear. This is unbelievable. Uh, so Lucky this is launched... anime, though, isn't it? This isn't real. Well, well stay with me. Well, hang on. So Lucky okay. launched Oculus in 2012 before selling it to Facebook for $2 billion in 2014. During his tenure at the helm, he created the Oculus Rift, another VR tech that now underpins Meta's big bet on the metaverse. That's not paying off. Um, he says the idea of tying... What's that? Early days. Early yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, no one's interested. Uh, the idea of tying your real life to your virtual avatar has always fascinated me. He says you instantly raise the stakes to the maximum level and force people to fundamentally rethink how they interact with the virtual world and the players inside it. Only the threat of serious consequences can make a game feel real to you and every other person in the game. Now, if you think this story's weird... Stay with me. Uh, Lucky, who left Oculus in 2017 and went on to found his own company and Dural Industries, a high-tech military contractor, <laughs> okay, uh, went on to Uh-oh. detail that he was working on a real-life version of the Nerve Gear and was halfway there. I love this quote. The bad news is that so far I've only figured out the, the half that kills you. <laughs> What is going on? He says the How perfect. That'd be easy. That bit. Well, that, yeah, that, well, oh, clearly is the perfect VR half of the equation is still many years out. He explained the device is connected to three explosive charge modules that are tied to a narrow band photosensor that can detect when the screen flashes red at a specific frequency. When an appropriate game uh, game over screen is displayed, the charges fire. <laughs> Instantly destroying the brain of the user. That is the lowest tech. What, it just looks out for a red flash. That is the lowest tech. Um, unbelievable. You know what? When he got that two billion, that just proves that money, people can have too much money because it just, what did I've it do often to that said, man? I've often said some of the horror movies in my life I've seen, I used to be, for a long time, I used to love sitting watching horror movies. And if sometimes you'd watch them and you'd think, whoever was behind this should be arrested. These yes. these films are disturbing. Where are these ideas <laughs> coming from? And this is not any different. Ars Technica, which has uh, pointed this out with this article, uh, he says, uh, well, they say that there actually have been previous attempts to raise the stakes for gamers, not just by this guy. In 2001, <laughs> a pain station art installation in Germany threatened players who lost a game of Pong there you go. Ah, With okay. sensations such as heat, punches, and electroshocks of varying duration durations, as Wired described at the time. The game would end only when a player found the pain was too much to bear. The same year, the mm-hmm. Tekken Torture Tournament saw 32 participants play the popular PlayStation fighting game Tekken 3 while wearing shocking arm straps that gave them bracing but non-lethal electrical shocks in correspondence to the injuries sustained by their on-screen avatars. Great Fast idea. forward two decades, and we're now talking about a murderous VR headset. However, Lucky does caution that the system is not perfect. 
<laughs> really? He says there are a huge variety of failures that could occur and kill the user at the wrong time. He said, this is why oh, I've not yeah. worked up the balls to actually use it myself. <laughs> he says, at this point, the killer headset is just the price of office, is just a piece of office art. He concluded, a thought-provoking reminder of unexplored avenues in game design. So in other words, it's never going to come out because come on, that is that would just be ridiculous. However, it does, it? it does raise a question that if you want to create a virtual world, how real do you want that virtual world to be? And I think that opens up an interesting discussion. I'm not suggesting that people should die in, real, in, in these games and, or indeed in real life associated, but it does beg the question because if you think about it, we are moving towards a place where we're getting feedback, we're wearing gloves that can, you know, simulate feedback. We might even wear body, like Ready Player One here, right? You know, but wearing yeah. the, the kit that you can feel every single thing that's Get going to on. Get Ready Player Two sooner yeah. or later. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but uh, no, no. Sorry, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. No, no, no. Uh, raising <laughs> the stakes, as in you lose your life, is uh, absolutely that's pointless. Yeah. Yes, I can definitely nonsense. see that consequences physical consequences would might make you up your game but i think that people would only use this this other one where your life's at stake if the game has a sort of similar probability of losing your life as the real world does you know anything more than that is like mm, no thank you you know yeah I, I don't know something very weird about all that but there you go anyway those are our stories this week thank you so much to robin and Sean for coming on. That was really interesting, just getting through some of the stories we don't often get to cover on the show or get round to covering. So we'll do this again next week. Robin, you up for it? Yeah, thank you. Cool. Sean, we're back on Monday. So, of course, expect endless controversy and uh, arguments. Okay. I look forward to it. Thank you. Welcome to Double Tap. And uh, also, thank you for listening. Uh, just a reminder, we're back tomorrow. Of course, Mark and I are back for the weekend edition. Join us tomorrow. And we'll catch you guys over the weekend. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.